Hello and welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I'm Jason Sroden and joining me today is my friend and one of our premier animators, Seth Johnson. Seth, how are you? I'm good, Jay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What are you drinking? I have a buy and tequila, my favorite drink, uh, coconut buy, that is. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. coconut buy and tequila. Not Is it the sugar-free one? Yeah, it's the sugar-free one, oh. but it's... Uh, well, no, it's not that the shitty carbonated one that has like uh, the the artificial sugars in oh, it. Oh, so that doesn't have erythanol in it. I think it actually has one gram of regular sugar, but no, it doesn't have the oh, artificial awesome. shit. Yeah, so as you far drink as I know, that with with tequila, and it's a good mix. Yeah, it's my favorite. The, the keto drink of I'm, choice. I'm having a scotch. <laughs> so today, um, what we're trying to do, and and it's you know for for prosperity purposes, it is April 10th, 2020. We are in the heat of uh, the pandemic, supposed to be the worst week in American history since uh, Pearl Harbor. So uh, the news keeps telling me <laughs> over and over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 24-hour news cycle, but that's another uh, podcast. But I, what, what we wanted to do is give people a chance to come to the, uh, the staff's page and get to learn really about the people who make up really who uh, ECG Productions is. So, Seth, let's start by just what do you do at ECG? Um, I'm primarily an animator. Uh, do a bunch of compositing and stuff like that. Um, also direct whenever I can and write a little bit. Yeah, and Seth, I mean, Seth and I met, oh my God, Seth, you met us when we were in the really old office. Like, Yeah, yeah. It was forever ago. I can't even remember exactly when. Like, well, you had just come back from L.A. I was still living in L.A., actually. Um, I I think I'd just come back for a holiday or something like that. So it was probably around, like, 2011 or something. Man, long time ago. Well, Seth came in, and he was promoting a project that we are still working on till this day. That just shows you how hard it is to get these things going. <laughs> no uh, joke. <laughs> it's no joke. Uh, when you hear people who have successful shows say, it, well, it took 10 years to make. And it's like, Oh God, uh, but the Reapers. And, and when he came in, I was like, man, this guy is cool looking and his design is really good. And then I kind of like went on the hunt for Seth for years. And Seth was such a snowflake. He wouldn't come on board. <laughs> uh, but then, but then you joined, how did that like come about? Like what brought the change that was like, Hey, you know, other than money, I mean, I, You've never seen like a guy who fully cares about about cash. Like that's kind of secondary to the the freedom that you have, I would guess. That's what I think. Yeah. Honestly, it wasn't too much about money for me. I was doing a bunch of freelancing and I had done that honestly since I was 15. I would do it, I guess, illegally through Craigslist and stuff like that and make money to put a, a fucking neon kit on my car or whatever dumb thing I wanted to buy. So <laughs> I was I was doing that, but at the point where I started to get pretty good at what I was doing, I was having a lot of fun just figuring out the whole process for myself and finding clients and having full creative control over everything if possible. And um, I was just learning a lot. And honestly, like I was having so much fun learning on my own. I was just enjoying that for a while. And then I eventually got to the point where I felt like I was at the end of what I could learn on my own. And I, I mean, I, it sounds cheesy, but honestly, like my main motivating force is just to be the best at what I do and to learn the most I can 
And I don't have like a lot of an ego about it or anything like that. So it's just, if I can learn from somebody else, I, I totally love to do that. So obviously you guys were my first choice for that kind of thing. Yeah. We, we, I mean, that's how I like to look at my path too, is you can always be better at whatever you're doing. And it's, it's so cool to explore that and figure it out. And to know that like, it's almost an unreachable goal. Right, right. (laughs) Because if you're really great, do you ever stop evolving? And then what does that evolution look like? So it's it's crazy. Uh, Where were you born? I was born in Atlanta and uh, lived with my mom for a while. What was your most impactful like childhood memory? Something that you can think about that either brings you joy or just made you change your life. Hmm. Interesting question. I don't know. I have I, I. Oddly, you have a bad memory now, but I have like a lot of early childhood memories, like really early childhood memories. I remember, uh, I don't think I told anybody, my wife about this, but um, when I was like in a crib, like one of the, the stand-up floor cribs, you know, yeah. that you kind of fold out. Yeah, yeah. I remember, place. yeah, yeah. I remember I was at my grand, grandmother's house and I was in one of those and I like rocked it back and forth in the middle of the night and like pushed it over. <laughs> And I remember uh, walking over and just like, you know, going to the room like a creeper and uh, I spread the curtains open and I was just looking outside and I have this vivid memory of like the night sky through these trees. And it's it's something that like I remember so vividly that I, I've tried to like paint it and stuff like that. This is making me sound really artsy fartsy now. <laughs> But, um, oh, you're a little snowflake. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it's just one of those weird oh, early memories that I tried to kind of recreate through the stuff that I do. I I have those too. I, th- I think that, I mean, you got to pull inspiration from somewhere. It doesn't come from nothing. Yeah. that That's for sure. Especially with like the stuff that you do with animation and, and we've had a lot of people talk about, um, you know, you create shows, you're a very creative guy. Um, you, you're kind of more on the narrative side of a lot of the stuff we do. Um, tell everybody about Muffin Man. It's a cool project that we're working on that I think like kind of, you know, the project kind of sums up your personality a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Muffin Man, crazy project. I actually wrote it when I was uh, like 13 years old. I came up with all the characters and made like a little animation for it. Cause that's where I got my start was like making animation on the internet on like Newgrounds. If you remember Newgrounds. Oh yeah. My kid, my, my son is obsessed with having his music on Newgrounds. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I was big on Newgrounds when I was a kid and like my, my stuff would be put in the front page. So I would make these muffin man cartoons. And, um, basically for those who don't know, I I now say that it's kind of like a grim fairy tale version of Rick and Morty, but obviously it, predates Rick and Morty. The idea is that it's like this old zombie Victorian era English dude who uh, has to feed on the flesh of children in order to keep his body from rotting. And he has these these goofy servants. He has like this um, little Asian woman who runs completely on nicotine. She has a smokestack coming out of her back. And a trachea. And yeah, a trachea hole and like a, an electrolarynx that she uses to talk and have a voice like this. So... Um, <laughs> they Dude, they help him. Good, I think you might voice that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so basically, they help him create all these muffin contraptions, and it's it's you know obviously goofy and not so much creepy. 
right. that he's turning these kids into into muffins. It's just like stories that everybody kind of grew up with of you know some kind of weird wicked character trying to eat kids except it's ridiculous yeah it's like hansel and gretel on acid <laughs> exactly that's i'm gonna use that i mean that's how i think about it when i'm when i'm talking to people about it when i see the characters yeah um it also like i, I, I in my head i keep seeing the icebox series mr wong which i showed you guys which was you know, horribly racist, but, uh, yeah, fascinating but funny. to watch. Um, so this is, this is one I've been excited to ask you because I think out of everybody at the staff, you probably have something good. Uh, what's the <laughs> most dangerous thing you have ever done? Oh, oh man. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, I don't know if this is the number one most dangerous thing I've ever done. Cause I ran around with a lot of shitheads when I was a teenager and we did terrible stuff. And, and honestly, like we talk about this stuff and we're, we'll like get together and have these parties and be like, oh, we were pretty good kids. And then we'll go through these stories and realize we were fucking terrible kids. We just never got caught by the cops. So we like we didn't have that negative reinforcement. But um, anyways, I remember we had all like partied one night when we had all turned 16 and I was driving down this like old country road and I had, I guess like four friends just packed into my car, my sedan. And, um, it was like the, it was like 2am and we were just barreling down this country road and I was blasting XYU by smashing pumpkins, nice. which if you don't know, is like this like six minute long song that just like builds and builds and builds until it's like in super like fucking heavy metal mode. At yeah. The end. When you're going like really fast, the trees are whipping by. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was hanging out of the windows, hanging out of the sunroof and everybody's just screaming. And I was going like a hundred miles per hour around these corners and stuff. And I'm just like, I can't believe that I survived that. I, I think in some like parallel universe, I, I died. Like I just wrapped that tree around a fucking car or wrapped the car around a tree rather. Uh, and everybody's just dead in the woods. <laughs> oh my God. That could have gone so wrong. I had a friend of mine. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's the most dangerous thing he ever did, but it was with a car. We used to drive down the road and like throw large pieces of furniture out of the back of my truck. And we would nice. act like we were sneezing and go, achoo. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it onto the road and watch it break into a million pieces. But uh, one day he wanted to get back to the back and he climbed out of the front window to the back, which was like going 80 miles an hour. Crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Speaking of that, this is a good question. What's the stupidest thing you've ever done? And I think it might, I think it might be that last thing. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. Um, Anything stupider? God, I don't know. I mean, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, there's like the, the general like dumb teenage thing of like jumping off a bridge into water where you have no idea if you're jumping into rocks or whatever. Jesus. That's, you never did that? No. Okay. Oh my <laughs> well, God. I, I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you never did that? You never risked breaking every bone in your body and paralyzing yourself? <laughs> no, you're so you, well, you didn't live uh, jumping into below freezing water. <laughs> did you go to college? Uh, yeah, I went to college in LA and then I finished out my degree at uh, GSU in Atlanta, which was, you know, totally worthless. If uh, any young people are listening, I, I would recommend dropping out of school. Uh, I'm a dropout. I'm a dropout. Yeah. That's why it's like, I was like, I wonder if Seth's offended that I didn't know where he went to school. <laughs> oh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody cares. Uh, yeah. What did you study while you were there? 
Um, I have two degrees. I have a degree in film and a degree in English, which are equally worthless. <laughs> it was honestly, I, Stay um, in school kids. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 the only reason I did it honestly was because I had scholarships. It wasn't really costing me anything. And I felt like I was a loser if I dropped out. Yeah. So I just kept going. But honestly, like it, it doesn't, it didn't really do anything for me. Like, unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer and you need that degree, I would definitely recommend dropping out and saving your money and putting it towards, you know, something that's actually worthwhile. Yeah. Go get an apprenticeship, like learn how to do a skill. And I think yeah. you know, one thing that I think this pandemic is teaching us is, Hey, we can work from anywhere and do most things from anywhere. We just got to get creative. Yeah. You can't Absolutely. build a building or make a road or anything like that, but Man, think about the digital economy. What can you do online? Yeah. If, if people can't leave their house forever, how are you going to service them and provide for your family? It's a Honestly, it's, yeah, it's something that I thought about for a long time. It's something that brought me to ECG really was um, like the, this, like the cool like work environment that we have where uh, it always bothered me. And maybe this is just my snowflake mentality, according to you, but that a lot of companies, you, you have to be in there, you know, 40, 50 up to you know 70 hours a week sometimes and log those hours and it's not about like did you get the project done is it fucking badass it's just about like were you sitting in your seat at this point and i think that maybe that old model is being challenged a little bit it should be like people can be very productive at home now i like to go to the office we are blessed with a freaking awesome office yeah so absolutely i i, I want to go in but I also want people to have the freedom to work from wherever the fuck they want. The goal is yeah. if you build something nice, okay, people will probably want to come and hang out. And if you have nice people, they're going to want to come out and hang out even more. But if they want to go work in Savannah or New York or wherever, if we're ever allowed to travel again, they should be able to. I mean, there's, there's no reason. And I think like with our editors working off our machines at, at, at the office, I mean, that's incredible. I don't know how well it's going or not. How well is it going? Is it, are you finding I'm, any difficulties with it? I mean, I have no problem, but I don't have to totally work remotely and that like, I don't have to log into the work machine because I was freelancing before. So I have like a fully decked out office and computer and everything and a tablet. So I'm all good. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like a lot of the, when, we're not in the middle of a pandemic. I'll, I'll work from the office most of the day. And then around like five, I'll come home and work at my other office just to, you know, mix it up, just to not feel like I'm in some kind of hamster cage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually like enjoy the office. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me what your uh, favorite thing about working at ECG is. <laughs> um, I think my favorite thing is that there's just not a lot of ego going around and that like, We'll have writers meetings and stuff like that. And anybody's welcome to bring in cool ideas. And really it's just like the best idea wins out. Like we don't really know whose idea it is at the end because it's just twisted with everybody else's good ideas. So it's kind of like a creative, like hippie commune in a way, which <laughs> is not, not like how things run in LA at all. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, there's a lot more egos. As soon as you get into e ego, you get, you, you just get, completely hosed yeah well it's like the death of creativity it, oh absolutely absolutely um what is um your favorite type of project to work on um 
don't know. Like the, my thing is just that I want to be like a Renaissance man and work on all kinds of stuff. So I, it's hard for me to answer that because what I like is being able to jump around to all different kinds of stuff constantly. If I, if I just got one type of project, like say animation, which I generally like to like illustrate and everything like that, I would end up just being home all the time drawing stuff and eventually hate that. So it's just, it's a boring answer, but I like the balance of everything. Oh, the spice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, complaining. I don't like complaining. That's so annoying. (laughs) Yeah. What's your, for some reason in my head, like, and, uh, we've talked about this before, like you're this like brooding tough guy. So this is an interesting <laughs> question, which is funny. Cause you're so, you're such a sweet dude. Um, I don't know. What I think it it's is. just when you're six, three, that just automatically six, gets three and you've got muscles and you're kind of brooding. I mean, I think you, you could play, you could play either the nice guy. Like if you put just in a little effeminate touch on or, <laughs> or you could play the guy who's going to murder you. <laughs> yeah one of my favorite was uh i was working for um andre freitas from afx on a, on a film doing like special effects and he was working on walking dead at the time like as one of the, the main makeup fx artists and he was like hey seth we got a new role for you on walking dead and i was like oh yeah and he was like yeah you're gonna play daryl's effeminate little brother i was like fuck you dude <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's it. Like the guy who's, who's got some muscles, but you know, is also nice. I mean, <laughs> um, what, what is the, th- okay. This is the, the last question. I, th- I think an interesting question. Okay. Um, what is the thing you're most excited about for future Seth? Huh? I think just, uh, you know, possibly being a, a showrunner on something like muffin man or the reapers. Like I got a million things constantly cooking doing a bunch of music and stuff like that too. It's just, you know, whatever kicks off, but I'm in no rush. Cause I just enjoy making it creating. It's addictive. Yeah. It, I mean, it is the, the, the best drug ever. Well, Seth, I'm so glad I courted you all those years and we remained friends and we were able <laughs> to get you on board. What, what year are you on now? Is it three? Uh, no, I think just two. Uh, but yeah. Gets confusing. I, Cause you did freelance for a while. Yeah. I've been around a while. Uh, but, um, we're so thankful to have you on the team. We just love the work that you do and it's, your creativity is inspiring. So thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. I I love being a part of the team. Um, Seth, now you're, you're, you're on social media. Why don't we give everybody your IG and your email address in case they want to shoot us a, a question about animation or anything that you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. Everything is at moon fetish. Just one word, moon fetish. That's easy. And your email yeah. address? Um, Seth at ecgprod.com. Awesome. On behalf of ECG Productions and the Naked Unicorn Podcast, I'm Jason Sorotin, and we will see you next time.